This is the Becker's Healthcare Podcast, created by the team of Becker's Healthcare, a multimedia company devoted to the people who power U.S. healthcare. Four new 15-minute episodes are released daily, containing industry news, analysis, and thought leadership from powerful healthcare decision makers. Support our show by leaving it a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or other platforms you use. It's a chance to tell us what you like about the show and act on your feedback. Thanks for listening. Now here's the episode. This is Alan Condon with the Becker's ASC podcast, and I'm thrilled to be joined today by Dr. James Chappius, founder and CEO of Spine Center Atlanta. Uh, Jim, before we dive into our discussion today, I'd love to turn the floor over to you to hear a little bit about your role, your background, and of course, hear a little bit more about Spine Center Atlanta. Yes, thank you, Alan. Um, I'm an orthopedic spine surgeon. I did my orthopedic training at the Campbell Clinic, University of Tennessee in Memphis, and then I did a spine fellowship with Professor Jurgen Harms uh, in Germany. Uh, I started our practice about 32 years ago. I was in a a big multi-specialty group, and I felt like I wanted to focus more on adult spinal disorders. So we started about 30 years ago. We're a multidisciplinary spine practice. We have our own surgery center, MRI, PT rehab. And so far, we've stayed independent. Um, Our practice is primarily based in Atlanta. We have satellites throughout Atlanta and uh, three others in the state of Georgia. Fantastic. Thank you so much for uh, hearing a little bit more about your background. Of course, Spine Center, Atlanta, Jim. And um, so so to kick things off and get our conversation going, I'd love to hear uh, the top three trends that you're really focused on when it comes to healthcare and, and specifically in the ASC sector, what are you most paying attention to? Well, I think there's a, a number of things. Uh, I'm excited to see the uh, number of procedures moving from hospitals to ASC and uh, the higher acuity uh, of procedures that are being done in ASCs. And specifically for me as a spine surgeon, a number of the procedures, we're doing uh, outpatient anterior lumbar interbody fusions. We keep them for 23 hours. Uh, we're doing instrumented fusions. So many of these procedures, uh, 15, 10 years ago, we would keep in the hospital uh, for five to seven days. And now we're able to do these uh, in an outpatient setting. And it seems that in all subspecialties, there's a trend of moving more towards an outpatient setting uh, than, than hospitals. So that's one thing I'm watching and kind of excited to see it happening. Uh, I think the big thing that we're all looking at is generative AI. How, mm-hmm. how can we best utilize this uh, in our practices to make it more efficient? So I'm learning what I can about that and uh, really feel within the next few months, we're probably going to try to adopt some of this um, into uh our, our health care and our procedures to become more efficient. Got it. So obviously, really, like you mentioned, we're seeing for the last, you know, it's been happening steadily over the last numerous years, but it really seems to be picking up steam and that, that trend that you obviously mentioned in terms of a lot more spine surgeries, particularly complex spine surgeries as well, yes. moving away from yes. hospitals to the ASG setting. Um, specifically with relation to sp- uh, complex spine surgery, can, can you give us a little bit of insight into how you see that evolving in the coming years? Yeah, one of the things that's exciting, you know, I was at a hospital for a number of years, uh, and the problem I had with complex spine surgery was 
I never knew who my scrub tech was going to be. And at the hospital I was at, they felt that all scrub techs should be able to scrub with any case. Well, we know that's not true. I mean, if you're doing a subspecialty type case, I want a subspecialty type team. So now at, at our surgery center, I've got the same scrub tech every time. I've got the first assist every time. We've got the same instrumentation every time. So I guess just like anything, the more of that you have, the more likely you're going to be able to come up with greater, better outcomes and minimize your complications. So I think that is a big factor for us as far as doing more complex procedures. Uh, further, I think the infection rates are much, much less in an outpatient uh, setting than hospitals. Mm -hmm. So a lot of these complex procedures um, can, especially in elderly patients, could have a greater tendency for infections post-op. And I think we're able to minimize uh, that with outpatient, uh, with surgery centers. Absolutely. Now, Jim, it's something that I believe you told uh, Becker's team in a recent interview. I thought it was really fascinating and an interesting perspective. It was in relation to an interview around consumerism. I believe that you told our team that you wanted your practice to be the Neiman Marcus of spine practices. I thought this was a really interesting take. And I just wondering if you could kind of expand on that and kind of give us a bit more insight and behind your strategy and thinking there. Yeah, thanks, Alan. Well, you know, I, I thought about that one day when I was shopping in a Neiman Marcus store and I, the service was incredible. The products were great, uh, a little more expensive than I wanted to pay, but it was very not, nice experience. <laughs> so I, I, I have a place in Hollywood in South Florida, and I have some friends down there that are extremely wealthy people, and they can choose or go anywhere they want for their health care. So they started telling me about their journey in picking the doctor or surgery center they're going to. And a light sort of went off for me. I thought, wait a minute. You know, there are a number of patients who can really choose anywhere they want to go, but uh, you know, how, how do we attract that type of patient to our facility? And I thought, well, we, we've got to have good reviews. We've got to have good care. We've got to have a good staff. But also all the small things, like, for instance, we have during surgery, we have one person whose sole job is to make sure they communicate with families. Uh, if they're from out of town, they facilitate hotels. They make sure the families have had things to eat. So, and the patients really like that. And, and that's when I started thinking to myself with what's going on with mergers and acquisitions today, where, um, I mean, what does corporate America do well? Good. What do they, what do they reproduce well? Good. But greatness tends to uh, be spun out in a lot of corporate environments. So I think it gives smaller independent practices like us, if we can develop that, an opportunity to offer patients something maybe a little different. I'm not going to say better. There's so many good surgeons in so many settings, but just having this opportunity to give personal care, not just to the patient, but also to their families. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's a really interesting perspective there. And I guess as we see patients really continue to shop around, I guess, more and more for that care, that strategy and thinking like that will become even more essential to those independent practices like yourself. Yeah, well, thank you. And I mean, as Americans, we're great shoppers. And with the internet, we're very good at choosing the best washer, choosing the best car, 
well, why shouldn't they, the same consumerism apply to healthcare? I think it does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fascinating. Um, Jim, uh, we've, we've touched on a little bit at the top of the conversation in terms of trends you're following in healthcare. Obviously, you talked a little bit about consumerism there in your strategy, but is there anything that you're particularly excited, excited about in the, in the spine or ASC world, whether from a techno- technology standpoint, processes, uh, surgeries? What, what would you like to tell our audience today? Yeah, I think there's so many exciting uh, things happening um, in in spine care. Uh, again, one we talked about earlier was this ability to do more acute, complex cases in an outpatient environment. I think there's this whole generative AI piece is very exciting as to how we're going to maximize its use in spine surgery. Um, we're working on a couple of devices, one that we're about to present to the FDA for approval, uh, that we've been working on for seven years. It's a type of a shield that goes inside of the pedicle. So we're personally, we're very excited about this and hopefully we'll have approval of this coming uh, coming up soon. Um, I think the other thing that I'm really excited about is we've been in a box for so many years as physicians and by as far as reimbursement's concerned. By that, I mean, is it Medicare? Is it private insurance? And that's all we've ever thought of. There are so many other avenues now, there's many, many thousands of patients that need orthopedic and spine care. So many of them don't have insurance. So many of them are not on Medicare, but they still need our services. So it's exciting to me on how do we connect with that patient, and then how can we help them finance this so that it makes sense for us and it makes sense for them. Yeah, I mean, really interesting. I guess, to your point, there are so many spine surgery uh, patients without that Medicaid, Medicare. Uh, Can you give us a bit more um, insight into into how you're approaching those conversations with with that patient population and how you see that progressing in in the coming months? Yeah, thanks. Uh, Well, I've seen so many patients that will come in and they'll pay for a consultation. They don't have health insurance and they're working. And so they've got a surgical problem and I'll kind of talk to them and Ask them, you know, well, um, were you, are you into, well, I'd like to, but I, I really can't afford this. I don't have insurance. So I started talking to my COO one day and I said, you know, so many of these people are willing to pay. They just can't pay the entire amount up front. So I thought, well, is there a way that we could possibly finance some of these uh, procedures to where a patient can get what they need? but in an alternative sort of fashion as far as how pay- payment's concerned. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, fascinating to, to really hear your perspective in terms of how you're really capitalizing on some of these trends. Obviously, no doubt there'll be a, when we consider America's aging elderly population over the next decade or 15 years or so, no doubt, thinking further down the line, there will be a lot more total knee replacements, hip replacements, spine surgeries that will undoubtedly need to be performed. And certainly an interesting trend to keep an eye on as well down the line. Um, Jim, the last question I have for you, I want to go back to Spine Centre Atlanta um, fantastic practice that you've managed to build from the ground up there over the years. Uh, I'd love to hear a little bit more about what, where you're thinking about growth over the next year or so um, in relation to your practice. Yeah, that's a really good question. There's a number of areas that I think are very, uh, that we're looking at that we think could be potential for growth. One is failed spine surgery. There's a number of patients who have had surgery, they're still having pain, they're still having problems. 
it's not necessarily a problem with the index surgeon. Just for whatever reason, the patient's still having problems. So I think that's an area that we're going to see more and more uh, growth on because these patients are looking for someone to uh, have a second look. So I think that's exciting. I think the whole field of uh, lean personal injury type uh, uh, procedures are becoming more and more interesting. Uh, in the past, most of us really didn't do much of that at all. I think now we're all starting to look around saying, well, maybe we should learn a little bit more about this. How does this work? So we're studying that whole uh, area to see how uh, we can plug that in to, uh, to what we're doing. Uh, another area that I think is very exciting is called employer-directed healthcare. And these are basically companies that are hired by self-insured big companies such as Home Depot that go out and buy given procedures from us that these big companies know, well, let's see, we paid for a thousand total hips last year. So let's buy a thousand total hips from a provider. They market up some. And now this is another book of business that's starting to develop. Yeah, I think that especially in relation to that direct-to-employer relationships as well, I think that's something that when you think about growth in the ASC space in particular and those high-quality centers like yourselves, I think that could be an area that a lot of spine practice or competing practice no doubt will be looking at uh, in terms of, like you said, another, another business model, another ancillary revenue stream to come right in the door. Um, Jim, last question I have for you before we wrap up. I know you mentioned, obviously, you've managed to – you started your practice from the ground up. You've managed, you're completely independent. Uh, an amazing job that you've done there. I'm curious, we're hearing a lot about, obviously, the consolidation, M&A, really starting to pick back up steam after, regain a little bit of momentum after the, 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 the years in the past in terms of the pandemic. And we're hearing how difficult it is for position practices, ASCs, to really maintain that that autonomy, that 100% position ownership. I'm curious to hear, is that something, a goal for you to maintain that level of autonomy, that position independence that you've, that you've had all over these years, especially when we think about hospitals, health systems, private equity, really starting to dive more and more into the ASC space. Just kind of curious to get a final word on that for you in terms of how you're looking at that um, in the future. That's a great question. I think about it almost every day. I realize, I think the numbers, you probably know better than me, but 70, well, about 30% of us, 25 to 30% are still independent. But I realize that we, we may have to, um, you know, look at, look at some other way to uh, merge and connect. So I'm actually kind of exploring what different options we might have. And I think if you ask any surgeon or doctor, we all want to remain independent. But the reality is we're going to have to probably come together in some fashion. So uh, it's a great question, Alan. I think about it every day. And that was one of the uh, things when I came to the recent Becker's meeting. I talked to some private equity people. And, you know, I'm just looking at what options are available for us to maintain uh, a, a sense of independence. So, but you're absolutely right. This merger and acquisition time is becoming more and more relevant. Um, so I'm not sure where we'll end up, but I do realize we'll probably have to in some way coalesce with uh, uh, some type of a business model. And right now I'm open to uh, discussing this and seeing what may fit for us. 
Absolutely. Yeah, certainly an uh, interesting trend that we're seeing across the healthcare space. And maybe next time we have you on the podcast or we cover you in an interview on Beckles, we might uh, have an updated information around that. But uh, Jim, it's, it's been a real pleasure speaking to you today. Um, again, yeah. fantastic with everything that you've managed to achieve and what you're, what you're already looking to do more in terms of Spine Centre Atlanta. And uh, I look forward to connecting with you again down the line. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much. It's nice to put a name with... Uh, Uh, with some emails and trends, and I appreciate being involved with Beckers. It's so important for leaders at the top of organizations to keep learning, stay sharp, grow their networks. To help our audience better do this in a more simplified, personalized, and meaningful way, Beckers Healthcare has launched MyBHC. It's your trusted Beckers Healthcare experience and more with content, connections, events, and learning opportunities. Join the community free of charge at www.my.beckershospitalreview.com and we'll see you there.